Hello Leipzig Flughafen, shall we have an RB Leipzig fan shop? And why am I mentioning this? Well, I'm only mentioning this that for all these traditional fans or romantic viewed fans out there, and especially the ones who claim that everyone is so proud of these East German clubs, I would love them just to acknowledge and mention that the first sort of 30, 35 years of their existence was in a bubble, in a politically motivated bubble. Uh, there were no members of those clubs either. They had no influence whatsoever. And um, they were only founded and constructed and installed because of politically will and and, uh, and organizations. So again, this is something... I would like to, to ask the, the whole ultra um, community one question. Would you sacrifice the Super Cup in uh, Riyadh in Saudi Arabia to get all those high tradition clubs like Schalke, Hamburgers, Frau Kaiserslautern, Nürnberg, Düsseldorf back into the first league? And welcome to RBLE Global Tracks Leipzig's fresh RB Leipzig podcast in English. This one's brought to you by Richard and Mario. And amongst us, we are season ticket holders, passionate supporters, and not very neutral local pundits. Both of us have been following Leipzig football since our childhood days. So if you want to hear about RB Leipzig, Capture the mood of the fans in the city. And if you want to go beyond numbers and statistics, you are in the right place. We're delighted to welcome you on board. Let's go. Auf geht's, Leipziger Jungs. Hello, Richard. We're late. Hey, Mario. Yeah, we're late this evening, but um, good to see you back in your living room <laughs> on, on the camera. Connection is much better than it has been last week. And I'm very delighted um, for the next show. So kind of you. Yes, we're back. Lufthansa strikes have kind of screwed up our travel plans, so we're a day late. And I'm still trying to get back into our time zone. But jet lag can be can be fought with a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> so I'm going to be awake for the whole night. Richard, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, we're going to a brief review of our uh, last match versus Gladbach. Then we don't have club-related news because you've got you prepared something about the latest development in terms of the allegedly cancelled or maybe officially cancelled uh, negotiations with a potential league investor. And of course, we are looking forward to our match at Bayern München against the Bazi Saturday night, 6.30. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Richard. So, a lot to talk about. Let's just get started. I know you were inside the stadium last Saturday following the events of uh, RB Leipzig versus the Traditionsklub seit 1900 Borussia Mönchengladbach. The einzig wahre Borussia, because they were founded in 1900 and not 1909, like the Bumblebees out of Dortmund. But we are also... Founded in 1909. No, sorry, in 09. 09. <laughs> yeah, but nobody will care in, in 300 years' time. That's right. This time, um, I had a seat in the Sector C, uh, which is the, the, the opposite um, of the uh, main stand. And, um, you know, every time you are there, this is uh, quite common that there are a lot of um, fans from the 
um, guest team, away supporters, Gladbach, all around me, Gladbach fans. But to be honest, they were very, very kind. So because um, I was looking for for a seat because, yeah, you know, um, it wasn't the original seat I have booked because uh, I had your season tickets. And uh, most of our listeners might know that your seat is behind the goalposts. But um, I decided to take another seat to sit with Christian, a friend of mine. Change the perspective. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and there were a, a family uh, from, from München Gladbach, and uh, they cut uh, two seats too, too many because uh, two kids of them couldn't come with them. And said, hey, you can sit right next to us, no problem. And so we had uh, two seats next to each other. That was pretty cool. And so we were really, really excited about the game and, and had a nice little chatting with our new neighbors. But uh, as soon as the game starts, uh, we found out that something strange happened. So because usually the game starts and the chance coming from the sector B and the chance coming from the from the uh, away supporters, but uh, with the beginning of the game, the stadium was literally quiet and it was like, okay, there must have been something. And it took a while, um, nearly. Uh, until the end of the first half, until rumors reached our stands uh, beyond uh, beneath the roof, that there was an, some kind of medical emergency in the B sector, and that unfortunately the supporter of RB Leipzig had passed um, just before the beginning of, of the game. And yeah. It's a very, very sad moment if you realize that you're in the stadium and having fun and some other guy who is like 40, 50 meters away from you just, just passed out from this world and football suddenly becomes much less important than it was when we enter the stadium. So, yeah, basically, that's my my main impressions from the game. Um, although we took away the 2-0 win and was very deserved. Um, although, if you look at the numbers and statistics, uh, you will see almost equal uh, stats in ball possession and played and completed passes and shots on target and so on. But as we looked and watched the game, we uh, no one around me and, and even the club of supporters uh, had the impression that Gladbach at any time of the game had some real chances to get away with a win or um, a draw at least. And yeah, it came into our favor that Xavi scored the early go-ahead goal after an beautiful pass from Paulsen. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure he did not want to pass it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the ball dropped lie, right on Xavi's thigh and uh, with the next step, he shot it next to the goalpost out of 15 meters. It was a thing of a beauty. And with the beginning of the second half, um, Schlager's beautiful pass from the backfield right into the path of Openda. And he took the one-on-one and then beautifully uh, took a lob over the goalkeeper and the ball just dropped beyond uh, the, in the back of the net. And but nobody uh, cheered and nobody clapped and then mm. literally nobody was excited about this two nothing because forty four thousand in the stands thought okay that must have been offside and as soon as the ball didn't came into play after that with a free kick for Gladbach and you know the 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 ref just took his hand to his ear 
um, to make clear that he had something from the VAR going on. And it took like four, five, six, seven seconds. And, and suddenly I recognize, and of course, all the people around me, hey, if it is take so long, there must have been something. And if it would be clear of sight, then the game would have continued anyway. And so we were like, mm, maybe it wasn't off sight. And yeah, a few seconds later, um, the whole crowd was uh, going, not, I wouldn't say crazy, but hey, there was some real relief and, and joy for um, those few seconds um, after those sad events that I um, described earlier. And after this, too, nothing. The there wasn't not much going on um, for the for the rest of the match. And afterwards, we could read that the players were also informed during the halftime break. And so this this was clearly also in their minds. And mm -hmm. um, I had the feeling that they also realized that this night um, there's something more important than playing in a, a brilliant match and with this 2 nothing lead and the pretty harmless um, guests for out of Mönchengladbach um, it wasn't necessary to go all the way to go 100% for the rest of the game and so yeah we, we took the win in very sad circumstances but yeah hard to find it in the right words now um I think in, in, yeah. in circumstances like this is always hard to find the right words. I mean, the only thing you can do is is, is try to express your deepest condolences and uh, and uh, hope that in this very, very sad time, you know, the affected families and friends, you know, can cope with it. You wish them all the strength. And if in your personal life you have experienced similar incidents, then I think this is somehow how you can relate to it. And I think also a Gladbach supporter was affected who, who I think he got killed in an accident, uh, I think on its way to the match as well. So the whole situation, your atmosphere must have been really subdued. And I could see, I, did, I didn't see any, any clips of the match, but I could see pictures, images of, of supporters holding up uh, a light produced on their mobile phones similar to what we experienced in the uh, Dave Bipoka final around 2022 after the match um and and it must have been it must have been a really subdued strange um, atmosphere really putting everything in the background related to to this beautiful game of football and i think um everybody behaved in a very appropriate way yeah so so much to saturday Let's go on to our next topic. But um, before you are um, be the man who will um, explain something, uh, how do you see or how you recognize these developments um, in terms of the potential investor? I would like to shoot out, uh, no, shoot out, this was a goal you does sometimes. Sometimes I would like to uh, shout out on a listener of us. Uh, during your stay in the United States, I had some some uh, small chatting with uh, one of our listeners. And this one goes out to Rasenlacher RB on, on Twitter. And he wrote a message and he said, hey, thank you guys for making this show. Um, but there's one thing you not really showed correctly uh, in terms of how, how we could advance into the quarterfinal in the UCL. Um, on our second leg match versus Real Madrid, he said even a one-goal differential win would be enough if we then finish them in extra time or penalty shootout. Of course, this is correct. <laughs> so thank you. 
Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for your message. Thanks for listening at Raselacher RB. Yes, really. Thank you very much. Um, and he's right. You know, this is a possibility. And why not try to believe in it? You never know how this goes. It would be the greatest upset uh, in this year so far in the Champions League. And why should we be part of it? Yeah, maybe I left this out because our lads, <laughs> our lads didn't shine in converting penalties recently. So. Um, I almost said Amy is now playing for New York, but I'd rather not make that comment. <laughs> Maybe they practice a little bit. Well, who knows? Yes. Uh, when we, when I uh, came back from the US, I uh, noticed that there was this news that the uh, DFL, the, uh, would you say, the German Football League Association, has stopped any negotiations with a potential investor into the Bundesliga. And that was a bit surprising. And I'm asking myself, uh, is it really just down to those disrupting protests, which were uh, getting increasingly uh, disruptive during the last couple of years of uh, not all the clubs because RB Leipzig supporters did not join the party in that sense. Uh, and uh, I did read that over the weekend, last games, the uh, protests or the protesters upped their game a little bit by not just throwing sweets or tennis balls into the arena. No, no, they really um, had better equipment in uh, the form of remotely controlled little aircraft models. I think that was uh, in Frankfurt and also remotely controlled little cars, which were um, which were sort of lit up and, and produced some sort of, 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 of fog as well. Uh, so really getting sophisticated. And in one instance, we all remember the upset of FC Bayern, who lost in Bochum. I mean, that made the league a bit more attractive again and gave uh, Leverkusen an eight-point lead at the top. But I also read that during the time, in the beginning of the game, when FC Bayern München was really pressuring and were the better team, uh, the game was stopped, uh, potentially giving Bochum the way, Bochum it is, by the way, uh, the way to three points. And um, I'm not sure what happened here, but it was, it was surprising to me that all of a sudden uh, the association caved in. And does it mean they caved in to a large minority of, of, of fans? And uh, I was I was really trying to recast my mind. So what was that deal about anyway? And I know we mentioned it back in November that it was a fresh investment of 1.1 billion um, euros into the Bundesliga coffers. Uh, that would come into, but what would the Bundesliga do with it? And I, I think they were planning to create some sort of digital platform, which had the function of being an international fan shop for uh, supporters around the world, but also allowing for subscription for streaming, I think analog to the NFL or NBA Game Pass. This in itself sounds pretty attractive to me. Also, boosting the international marketing tools, supporting teams who are traveling to new markets on promotion tours to Asia Pacific or North America, which, to be fair, would only be the biggest clubs anyway who do this anyway. But RB Leipzig could have benefited from that. But I guess just to increase awareness and exposure of Bundesliga worldwide and make it more attractive, but also make it more attractive for the domestic market, uh, including giving the media representatives access to cabin talks, analog how the Spanish league does it. So, uh, but I think they were also trying to prevent any illegal streaming of Bundesliga matches. So, But I know, um, Richard, we uh, kind of were talking about how, what is actually in for the investors. And I read up on the ZDF Heute, 
website. Uh, there was an article published on the 21st of February, so that would be yesterday. And they tried to explain that that this 1.1 billion euros wouldn't be paid at once. It would be over several uh, installments. But it would be similar to sort of 50 million investment per annum uh, by the investor. And they would get something in the area of 88 million per year. So they would get more money out of it, and especially from the first year, than they actually put in. But what was also interesting, I never watched that episode. There was an, there is a German talk show called Hart Aber Fair. And apparently this was the topic for this, uh, this week as well, where they had some, I don't know, self-proclaimed experts trying to take the traditional fan side, but also one of the representatives of Hannover 96, who apparently didn't vote the way the members of Hannover told him to vote in this uh, in when they were um, voting about this Bundesliga or the possibility of an investor to come in. And apparently somebody actually mentioned as well uh, of these maybe self-proclaimed investors and the fighters for the romantic traditional football clubs that RB Leipzig is not really an East German club. And I have to say, yes, of course. RB Leipzig is regionally in East Germany, but not a traditional East German club because they never played in the top tier of the East German uh, league, which was the DDR Oberliga. So because it was invented and ins installed in 2009. However, it was also said that in East Germany, people are proud of these East German clubs like FC Hansa Rostock, uh, Dynamo Dresden, SDFC Magdeburg. And yes, they have a history But what people forget, and, and I, I must say, this is a topic where we dive in, can delve in much deeper in an extra bonus episode and something which could be of interest to our international um, audience. These clubs were created in 1953 or in 1966, um, not because they were wanted to be freely created at free will. No, it was in political motivation by East German GDR, German Democratic authorities, who installed these clubs and linked them up with either authorities. In the case of Dynamo Dresden, it was the uh, East German police, but also in case of Berlin, BFC Dynamo Berlin, links to the Secret Service, the Stasi, because the top of those um, authorities was Erich Mielke, and he really pushed for BFC Dynamo to win the league, which happened 10 times in a row. And uh, in the case, if you look at Leipzig, well, we had Chemi Leipzig. Chemi Leipzig, of course, links to chemical uh, chemical companies over here, which, of course, were not private either. They were state-owned. Please don't forget that. And Lokomotive Leipzig, anything related to, I'm going to put it bluntly, railways. Um, and within these whole construct, 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 <laughs> constructed clubs, they were a sort of uh, parts of certain tiers. So the top level, top tier, were all those clubs related to the army, to the uh, police. So Dynamo Dresden always got the most funds alongside BFC Dynamo Berlin, and they got the, the best players. Um, because players didn't trade freely. They were delegated from one club to another. So there was no free trade or free will at all. And... Um, Uh, um, in terms of Leipzig, Lokomotive Leipzig was the better club in and the better funded club in in Leipzig. And there was also cases of, of players who had to go to uh, play for SDFC Lok Leipzig instead of Chemie Leipzig because they were told so. And why am I mentioning this? Well, I'm only mentioning this that for all these traditional fans or romantic viewed fans out there, and especially the ones who claim that everyone is so proud of these East German clubs, 
I would love them just to acknowledge and mention that the first sort of 30, 35 years of their existence was in a bubble, in a politically motivated bubble. Uh, there were no members of those clubs either. They had no influence whatsoever. And um, they were only founded and constructed and installed because of politically will and and, uh, and organizations. So again, this is something which which we, we will discuss and put out in a bonus episode at some point, because we would really like to explain how... RB Leipzig actually, it was actually possible for RB Leipzig to be installed here and in what of environment and both of us amongst us, we have a long history of Leipzig football stretching from the late 70s, last century um, to, to today. And um, so what are the consequences for this investment deal not going ahead? Well, the Bundesliga at first glance has a smaller budget. So there is a real danger that it becomes elite league becomes even less competitive uh, compared to other leagues who have a sponsor deal or an investor deal like England, Spain, Italy, and France. I think this is even more crucial because in the ranking, they are actually behind us, uh, Germany. But does this very romantic views of, of the ultras or this decision um, in an ever-changing global world, does this endanger that? Well, I think there is a real danger that we're internationally we're going to get less competitive and we're not going to be um, attractive for the global market. And, you know, uh, Richard, we discussed that back in November. It's hard to sell Heidenheim versus Augsburg worldwide. But there are two other questions that derive from this. So, why has the DFL suddenly pulled out? Was there a danger of the last remaining investor to pull out because they only had talks with one investor? So was the deal not good enough or they couldn't agree anything? Or um, is there now um, a chance that a minority of, of, of fans who don't, do not protest in a democratic sense of way, i.e. protesting in front of maybe the DFL's um, headquarters, but in disrupting and interrupting games, are able to blackmail the uh, DFL in the future. And one more question that I got in my mind, when well, we may not need to discuss this today, do we have to expect similar protests when these teams play against RB Leipzig? Are they going to up their game and, and maybe disrupt games versus RB Leipzig to force the uh, DFL to tighten the laws and extra laws on, on, on us, maybe, or to prevent any, uh, any rights for us to, to play in the Bundesliga in the future? Sorry, Richard, that was, was a lot of rambling. But how did you... Um, how do you see this? Why was it such a surprising move by the uh, DFL? Well, no, thank you for your fantastic insights. I think it was just brilliant, uh, especially for our international um, listeners. Um, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> um, like, Why, oh. How did you? How do you see this uh, actually surprising development? Is this something you expected, or are you as surprised as I am? Um, and I why am. do you think it actually happened now? Well, yeah, I'm, I was I was quite surprised when I when I read that there's no negotiations come to this uh, sudden end. And uh, to me, I don't know what's the reason, and I guess no one will ever know for sure. Um, 
so now it's 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 part of the game, I guess, that the the ultras, the minority in in the stands, are now claiming this as a success for for themselves. So because of their protests, now those negotiations come to an end. But on the other hand, side, I think it's 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 fair possible that this deal just wasn't good enough, or that those potential investors recognized that he's the only one to be in this in this um in this party. Um, so he maybe came up with, with some with some demands that the league wasn't um, able or wasn't willing to uh, commit or to mm. yeah to provide. So we will never know. And um, I'd like to I'd like to add some thought to to everything you said. And and um, you mentioned those uh, traditional loving fans and uh, who are against any anything in any form of um, capitalism or something some kind of investments into their traditional sports um my hot take is if if the league would have opened itself and and would have uh, dropped the 50 plus one rule like 15 years ago um rb leipzig would not exist so this really? is my hot take yeah because really? yeah 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 i'm I'm convinced because let me explain this a little quick and then go ahead to the uh, Bayern Munich match. Um, look, there are now teams like Heidenheim or Augsburg uh, in the league. So imagine there would have been investors who would have been eligible to invest in some clubs and try to get in this position hypothetically if if you were an investor from from china or from the uh, from the arabia uh, area or maybe even from russia like 15 years ago it was okay um and you would have enough money to invest so like 10 billion or something you don't care would you invest in a city and in a club like augsburg or would you have invested in in, in a club like schalke or hamburg as well what do you, would you have done and i think this is a fairly easy question right Yeah, I would go for the club which has a lot more awareness or can create a lot more awareness that people know. And in the case of Schalke, a very long tradition and a big standing. Of course. So, and this didn't happen. And this leads to something that um, regional investors, I would like to to, to put this thing into, um, into Anführungszeichen. I don't know what this is in English. Um, in quotation marks, thank you. Uh, regional investors, so that Is it just possible that they claim with small clubs a place in, in, in the first tier like Heidenheim um, because there isn't that much money into the game? And because there isn't that much money in this whole Bundesliga party, it was possible for the Red Bull um, GmbH to come up with the idea if we invest 100 million into some club or create something out of nothing with 100 million euros we have a realistic chance to and close this gap and to reach the first Bundesliga which finally happened as we all know mm -hmm. and if there would have been much more money into this whole system then 100 million euros wouldn't surely haven't been enough to close this gap and to reach this first Bundesliga and maybe um, Red Bull wouldn't not have 
been willing to invest invest a much greater amount so say like three four maybe 500 million um initial investment would have maybe been necessary to to end in the first league and this would have maybe not in their investment plan so so you know this is a company and the only thing they're looking for is is return of investment and if there isn't a really chance to invest in, in a whole bunch of money to get it back out of some out of this investment one day um you wouldn't go for it you would look for for um, other opportunities to invest your money it's as easy as that yeah interesting take and it sounds sounds really logical um and um yes you'd be looking for for let's see a low entry point I, I I remember us talking about uh, the the whole deal and one point one billion euros didn't seem that much money compared to you know what the English Premier League actually gets um, and how, how much they generate also in the domestic market because of uh, TV money uh, coming from from streaming or broadcasts. So I'm might be it might you might be right that the investor deal for the investor investor is not that attractive and plus interesting addition you made in terms of those clubs who are involved and it is is it is a hard task to sell some of those those games and i don't think we have enough of these matches where you really have giants clashing with one another if i think of england I can think of a whole number. Having said that, if I think of France, I can only think of one or two games, matches that would interest me. That's they're in a similar position there. But Spain is is a different top, is a different situation already as well, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, I'm not prepared for for the Spanish topic now. So please excuse me. Um, but uh, one one uh, not a sentence to to, to France. Um, as far as I am informed, I guess Bordeaux is, is only in, in, in the second second tier uh, this, oh this season. So, yeah, the UEFA <laughs> Cup winners or runners up from from mid from mid nineties. Uh, so well, Leipzig, Leipzig does remember Girondeaux, Bordeaux, and Rennie Müller in that context, which is yeah. So, but we have to think. We have to find an exit point now so because just one more thing i like to mention i think the concerns of those romantic view ultras also is that the the kickoff times for these games would be in a different but also i think they fear something like the super cup in saudi arabia which we recently seen uh, from spain and i have to say it was dreadful it was because sorry saudi arabia you have no idea how to celebrate a match like this and i wouldn't see our super cup matches in hands like in stadiums in in, in, in uh, places like Saudi Arabia either to be honest I would like to to ask the the whole ultra um, community one question would you sacrifice the super cup in uh, Riyadh in Saudi Arabia to get all those high tradition clubs like Schalke Hamburgers for Kaiserslautern Nürnberg Düsseldorf back into the first league very good question. I think we just leave it out there. And let's get to our next match, shall we? Shall we make a, a really clear cut? <laughs> <laughs> the, the hard industrial cut. Yeah, sorry we have to. Time's getting on a bit. It is dark. Well, it has been dark for a while now. So... Introducing our next opponent, their maker, Jack. Next match. Wow, we are going to München again. Richard, what's in store? Oh, I actually, I had to stop over at Munich and uh, the FC Bayern 
merchandise store was open, but there was nobody buying anything. But hey, it's just for tourists, I suppose, or people passing through. <laughs> There's another store, I think, outside in, in, in another terminal of, of Munchen. So, hello, Leipzig Flughafen. Shall we have an RB Leipzig fan shop? Just a question from my side. <laughs> so, what can we expect on our trip to Munich? Um, so, first of all, I would like to mention that with this game, our very personal Rückrunde starts. So maybe Ooh, one of yeah, you, or right. you know, yeah, we, we uh, published our very first episode with this match, our home game versus Bayern Munich back in the, those days in September, I guess it was, or maybe early October. And so now we are in the game still, which is pretty cool. Still very much fun to me. Hope Thank you very you much. <laughs> Shall we get on? <laughs> yeah, we get on now. Um, so we've got good memories to our last trips to Munich, haven't we? So we, yeah, we won we um, yeah, 3-1 in the, in the last encounter in the league there. We won 3-0, three, no, three times almost in the Super Cup in, in, in the early of the season. Mm. And so and Bayern obviously isn't in that good form as, as, they, as, as they have always been or maybe have been for the most of the time for the last 10, 11, 12, 13 seasons. Um <laughs> So they lost now three competitive matches in a row, and in already all or was it only two? No, three. Two. No, already? Nil, okay. nil, nil three at Leverkusen, yeah. nil one at Lazio Rome. Ah, okay. Now two three at Bochum. Bochum. It's the first time since May two thousand and fifteen they lost three consecutive matches. Danger, um, danger. So now I would like to ask you a question: What did you in? October 1991. Sorry, what happened? What did you, what were you doing in October 1991? <laughs> I was much younger and had loads of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your wife hear that. Oh, I didn't even know who that was at the time. <laughs> okay, but I will give you something because um, there's a reason I asked this question. Um, if we are going to win, in Munich, which I am convinced, um, there would be the fourth loss in a row for Bayern Munich. And the last time they lost four in a row, it was back in October 1991. So almost 33 years to today. Jesus. Um, so it's time for making history again. So I think it's fair for any club in the world to lose four in a row like three times in a century, isn't it? I mean, yes, I think they can get away with that. Plus, I remember that season for Bayern Munich was a very tough one, wasn't it? Um, there were times when they really stuck in midfield. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where they ended up in they the end. They finished 10th place. Yeah, they tenth. finished 10th place tenth. in 1992. Yeah, it was the uh, the worst finish for like ever since they was promoted in the first Oh my league. God. I, yeah, I, I, I thought they scraped into back into international competition, but they finished 10th. Okay. And if, you look, <laughs> and if, you, look, if you take a look at the opponents, uh, who they lost to back those days, it was pretty funny. Because Hans they Ostrock. lost one, no, Augsburg wasn't invented, I guess. And, and Hansa Augsburg. No, they lost 1-4. Oh. 1-4 one four against Stuttgarter Kickers. Oh God! <laughs> They're now in the fourth, fourth tier in Regionalliga, and the okay. next game they lost to Dortmund. Okay, fair. Then to VfB Stuttgart, who were champions in that season, by the way, and then they lost two six at 
Copenhagen in the uh, second round of the UEFA Cup back those days. And it was, yeah. and you mentioned it, it was those good old days where like 11 Danish players played for Copenhagen and um, <laughs> I, I guess 10, 10 Germans was, was on that pitch for Bayern Munich besides uh, Marcinho Oliveira was the oh, only good. one who, who uh, um, didn't have a German passport or a Danish passport in those, in those matches. So yeah, that was the last time Bayern Munich lost four, four in a row. Um, What makes you so possible, so optimistic about Saturday for RB in terms of RB Leipzig getting all the three points? I need, we need them. We definitely need them. Yeah, so obviously, there's something not right in this in this Bayern Munich squad. Mm -hmm. So they didn't play well against Leverkusen. Okay, fair Leverkusen is a top side this season. The next match, they didn't play well against Lazio Rom, and and and, and to me, if you want to uh, um, advance to the quarterfinals or if you at the club Bayern Munich um, it must be you know, it's like no question that you are the better team than the Lazio Rome. you've got a better individual players and, and allegedly the more talented coach and the more, uh, the competitive, the, the more competent manager so Why wasn't they able, weren't they able to um, put all their qualities on that pitch that night? I don't know. And in that match against Bochum, you mentioned it. Yeah, they were the better team in the beginning and they took the early lead. And then I, um, I checked, I was at home, I didn't attend the game and, and just um, checked some kicker app and I thought, okay, they're beginning with Yala scored like after 14 minutes. And that's match is finished, story told. Okay. So. And then I looked again on the smartphone like 30 minutes later and then I thought, oh my gosh, what happened? Um, Bochum is, take the lead, come from behind to one lead into the halftime. This is not Bayern-like. This is not Bayern-style. I, I cannot remember uh, almost when, when Dell showed us those inconsistencies and, and those weaknesses of like bottling in the lead. Bayern Munich doesn't bottle leads. Okay. Yeah. And and it came even worse in the second half, so like three one, and I was like, hey, this is this is like going crazy. And then Upe Meccano with back to back um, send offs, so they, <laughs> they, they, he was sent off with a clear with a, with a red card against Lazio, and then with a double yellow card against Bochum. Um, should have been maybe also an, an all time record. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't check that. So obviously something isn't right. And now this finally led to that. Uh, Authorities, the management, the, the the sport responsible back office of Bayern Munich uh, came to that decision that Thomas Tuchel isn't the right coach anymore, and so they have to go in the, in the summer. And what will happen now? Um, I guess it's it's Thomas Tuchel, and and although I'm not a fan of him, um, but besides of that, I recognize him as a very straight and strict guy. And mm -hmm. as as some guy who doesn't like to, um, yeah, doesn't like anyone um, to argue with him about tactics and about how to to get into a game, how to uh, create the right match plan, and he will not now. So if there is a cut between the team and the coach, this isn't gone by now, just because mm -hmm. the the. The president or whosoever uh, explained that he will have to go in the summer, and yeah, that leads me to to this conviction. With our new gained 
mm, or newly gained, you know, um, some kind of like stability that we, mm -hmm. we were like missing in, in, the, in the early uh, games of the Rückrunde. And I think we found back into, into the game. We had a, a very brilliant match against Real Madrid. We had a solid match against Gladbach. We had a solid match against uh, Union Berlin. Mm -hmm. And and I think we should have deserved to win at Augsburg as well. So um, that leads me to 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 my um, con conviction that we will take all three points out of Munich. Wonderful, and I'm I, I like that. Good optimism, and maybe we can exploit this uh, um, difficult situation for Bayern Munich uh, on Saturday. So who's Marco Rose going to send on the pitch? Fußballfans. Um, so, last time he sent out, surprisingly to me at least, Paulsen instead of Chesko. And so, you know, I, I like Paulsen and I'm a big Paulsen fan, but I expect Chesko to, to come back. So, but start as always with the goalkeeper position. Okay, Gulashi, um, Henrichs, Orban, Schimakan, because Klostermann uh, had to leave the pitch in the last game and it turned out to be an, an upper injury. Upper injury, yeah, come on now. Upper leg injury. Come on, get your concentration, Richard. And uh, <laughs> I'm on the left side. Um, and I won't get tired with my take. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, defensive I know. Players. I expected that. <laughs> yeah. It must, please. I want to see him from the very beginning. And um, Schlager. And yeah our offensive department so it's no question that we need Xavi of course and Olmo he knows how to score three times in Munich and then uh, Chesko I mentioned already and next to him goal Penda sounds like a powerful squad to me in terms of scoreline what's your prediction yeah so we scored three goals in our last two games and I think so as we say in German alle gute Dinge sind drei so it will be the third time that we're going to score three goals and we come away we will come away with the 3-1 win I don't know I'm going for a draw a two old draw but it could be because uh, I've been away for a while so I'm looking at it from a distance hopefully I'm wrong and you're right I I root for that Great. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for another episode. Sorry, it's been a little bit extended. Um, maybe we're cutting out a little bit, but it's a bit longer today. If you like to listen to our podcast, you can do this across multiple platforms. Please subscribe to it. It would be wonderful if you could leave us a review. A review. And if you'd like to tell us that we should be doing something different or better, do leave us an email at talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com. You can find us on Twitter, X Twitter, however you want to call it, our username is at podcast underscore rbl have yourselves a good weekend we'll talk to you next week thank you auf geht's leipziger jungs <laughs>